Welcome to Unethical Podcast. So I'm excited to do this one, guys. I'm excited because it's one that's not a super big downer. No offense to Becky Downer. Not a, not, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Won't be the first or the last. It's all good. It's all good. Bye. You do one episode where someone dies in a cave and suddenly every episode's a downer. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> this one here is more fun. It's a treasure hunt. We're going on a treasure hunt, guys. It's going to be great. Uh, sorry, we... I'll tell you something right now. We already lost the treasure hunt, but we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> have you guys ever heard of Forrest Fenn at all? No. 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 Okay. This is awesome. Okay, cool. So I'll just give you a little history and then we'll get into what he did. Okay. So Forrest Burke Penn was born August 22nd, 1930 in Temple, Texas. Texas boy. All right. Texas. Texas. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, he was a middle child to an older brother, Marvin, uh, nicknamed Skippy, which is fun, and uh, his younger sister, June. And they're all two years difference between each other. Uh, and as a kid, they spent most of their summers in Yellowstone National Park. All right. His family had a cabin there. Nice place. Isn't that where Yogi Bear lives? I believe. Isn't it really overdue for exploding? It's definitely where Smokey the Bear lives. Oh, no, that's yeah. Jellystone. Jellystone Park is where Yogi Bear lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I didn't even I didn't even think to look at the Yogi angle. <laughs> yeah, Yellowstone is the one that's due to erupt like literally any day now, right? Isn't it like hundreds of years overdue or something? Any day now. Every day I wake up is today going to be the day? Nah, not today. <laughs> is it Old Faithful? No, that's not the. Gonna go Krakatoa style. I think it's called Old Faithful, but the fans can fact check us if they want. The guys, yeah, the guys are the big yeah. guys at the water thing. That the guy. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, keep going, Richard. <laughs> uh, they spent all their summers there. They had a cabin out there, so uh, they would go there every summer. And this is where he would start to call his uh, his young adventures because they did a lot of stuff out there. Force like to collect stuff. Uh, so he would like go collecting, like he would, even as a kid, he collects stuff. He had, he had bottle caps, he had buttons, but what he'd do out in Yellowstone is he'd collect uh, arrowheads with his dad, who was a school principal. He was his principal. And ever since then, he was hooked on collecting for good when he found that first arrowhead. Because uh, in 2017, he told the New York Times in an, uh, in an interview that that was still his most prized possession, his arrowhead he found in uh the thirties, I guess. And now he was in his eighties then. So he, he started collecting early and he started uh, adventuring early. Honestly, uh, he was an avid fly fisherman by the age of 13. He was a professional fishing guide at Yellowstone. So outdoorsy, right? He loved the Lewis and Clark story so much that he and his best friend, Donnie Joe got lost in the red Canyon looking for them in 1946. Donnie Joe. <laughs> Donnie Joe's <laughs> his best friend. Donna Joe. <laughs> God dang it, Donna Joe. 
from Texas. Texas boy, Donnie Joe. <laughs> Texas cowboy. Always. Hey, it's better than Dennis. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Dennis the godfather. <laughs> Uh, at least Donnie Joe actually suits where he's from. Is his first name Donald? Is his name Donald Joseph? And they call him Donnie Joe. Probably. You have to get Kent to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's yeah, Kent? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that uh, you, you read about Donnie Joe is actually written about Forrest, from Forrest himself. So he doesn't really give a whole backstory on Donnie Joe. He just calls him Donnie Joe because that's his buddy, right? Are they in love? Uh, we'll see. I'll show you. There's a little bit of love. Is this a Brokeback Mountain kind of thing? <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Well, they did. They get lo- They got lost looking for uh, Lewis and Clark. And according to him, with only his gumption and navigating skills, did they survive? They would have died. He, al- he also said that the only food they had to survive the few days they were lost was a couple Babe Ruth bars that they had. And they- he said that they ate porcupine. Oh! oh. <laughs> Okay. How would you do that? You cut it into little squares and then it comes with toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's its own personal hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> That's the outback hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> awesome. It's a multi-million pound idea, that. That's actually hilarious. I wonder, I wonder if beavers <laughs> I wonder if beavers are delicious. Maybe they are delicious, and that was how they did it. Hors d'oeuvres. Horse divorce. <laughs> okay, so they ate the porcupine. There they might got... be a little bit of a broke back mountain thing happening. They escaped. No, it's not as it's not like that. Well, uh, in, <laughs> in 1951, Donnie Joe and Forrest's sister June actually got married. So I think maybe that's just to be close to be to Forrest. <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Which one's furrier? <laughs> well, I should say hairier. I guess furry is a thing. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, there's no real pictures of them that I saw. I'm picturing fucking, um, <laughs> who are we talking about? Willie Picton's parents? Willie Picton's mom? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With her fucking house dress on. And <laughs> she has hair all over except her head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she snorted. <laughs> Channeling some pig vibes. My bad. That's okay. Uh, so Forrest was an adventurer. He loved the outdoors, uh, but he, when he graduated high school, he decided he was going to go to college, but he joined the Air Force instead, all right, uh, in 1950. Uh, he's still collecting stuff at this point. He's collecting stamps now, uh, knowing that they're going to be more valuable in the future. He's got like a shit ton of stamps, which I find, I, I didn't think people would have known that prior you know, I, he mm. just, he said he knew the whole time he was going to buy them because the value is going to go way up. I thought people would just have them and go like, oh, now people collect these and it's like a surprise, you know, but he, he knew. Maybe he got some good prices for some arrowheads or something and he was like, arrowheads are old. Someday stamps will be old. That's mm. true. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what? Uh, that's how this guy worked out. Like usually like you'll see like, fuck man, he was smart like that. So you're probably right. He probably went old when old. Good. Right. So all right. Like Shannon Wisnant. <laughs> This collecting oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> I'm oh, sure yeah. you get rich. <laughs> Shannon. Oh, Shannon. Uh, he graduated uh, pilot training in 1953, just as the Korean War was letting out. So he didn't get to see any action right away. He was kind of disappointed. Uh, that's oh. also the year he got married to his his entire life wife, uh, Peggy Proctor. 
this guy lived to like 90. So they, they were married for a long time. Uh, and then between 1953, and 1968, he was stationed stateside, Asia and Europe. Uh, all the while, he and his wife were having two daughters. Uh, while stationed in Europe, he was kicked out of Pompeii three different times on three different occasions. I can imagine what he was doing. I can imagine <laughs> what he was doing. If he was a collector, I can imagine what he was doing in Pompeii. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he was kicked out. He was kicked out for, I'll tell you right now, and then we'll just breeze over it later. But he was kicked out for like, going to dig sites archaeological dig sites and like yeah. <laughs> yeah sneaking in and like finding dead bodies and stealing shit off them so we could bring it back stateside right what a guy <laughs> yeah also and since this is forrest fan and i've read a lot about this i think this is true okay so while he's stationed stateside uh he claims he to have killed a large mountain lion while stationed at luke air force so he fought a fucking mountain lion i love this <laughs> i love this guy but why did he do it exactly no reason there's nothing in there he just says like while i was there i killed a mountain lion and there's nothing else that he wrote about it motherfucker <laughs> ate my porcupine <laughs> yeah, yeah. killed him with an arrowhead uh, yeah. yeah exactly i was gonna eat that later so i ate the lion instead i bet you he did it just to impress his friends on the air force base like i don't even yeah. think he had a reason he just saw it he was like watch this boys his friends <laughs> friends <laughs> Yeah. like um napoleon dynamite how he's like i spent all winter i spent all summer in alaska hunting wolverines <laughs> all right this is where it starts to get fun okay so in 1962 forrest skippy and donnie joe all went into business together and built a motel at the west side of yellowstone oh god what was it called what was it called they invested uh, you guys are gonna die uh the three men invested in skippy's dream because this was skippy's dream and scrounged together all the money they could to do it. Uh, Forrest even cashed in some of his stamp collection. All right. That's how much he wanted to help out his brother. The hotel was called, the hotel was called The Dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Dude Abides. In Texas. Yes. Yeah, in Texas. Oh. And the uh, Skippy went around to all the hotels in the area, found out the price of all the hotels. And when they opened the dude, he made it just to save $5 more. He made it the most expensive around. Right. He did. And, it, and he made it super fancy and the business plan worked. It was a very popular hotel. Then uh, at the time it was Senator Ronald Reagan. He stayed there tonight. Uh, it's reported that Reagan lost his keys late at night and he couldn't find anyone at reception. So he climbed in the back window. But that's not the only thing he lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh, after that, the dude was famous. All right. It was like the most popular hotel in that area for years. Now, good dude. Uh, the dude is a one star hotel with a 2.5 rating, uh, with 75 ratings on tripadvisor.com. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I think I'll have a read of those ratings later. <laughs> I went to go look at the, the uh, best reviews. I was going to bring a review, but they're all like super long. Uh, but really, looking at the website, I'm not going to lie, it looks like a two, maybe three star. Okay, one star is pretty harsh. I don't think people know how to use one stars properly. Clearly. Agreed. Let's do our meet and greet there. <laughs> yeah. Drum up some business. <laughs> at the dude. At the dude. Yep. Come on down. Sleep in a dude. It ain't gay. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> yeah. The dude was, uh, it, actually, I didn't write this in the script, but the dude now is like bought out by like, 
another hotel or they bought another hotel across the street so the reception's on one side of this like big road and you have to like sign in over there but like get all your shit and cross the road to go to your hotel room (laughs) so it's super awkward hotel like it's like why would you do that anyways okay so to get to your room you need to get back in your car and drive 15 minutes (laughs) down the street (laughs) yeah i can see why there's some low reviews just not the whole the it's like a 1970s hotel. It's, it's bad, but it's good. Yeah. It's so bad. It's good. I, I'd like to, you know oh, what? Yeah. The dude doesn't need our business. You'll see why. The dude does not need our business. All right. So yeah. in 1964, uh, the Fens moved to Lubbock, Texas, because he got a promotion as a flight instructor at Reese Air Force Base. Uh, during this time, he was started to collect Native American art. He just liked the moccasins and beaded, uh, weaved, sorry, weaved blankets and shit. He started just collecting it off the side because he was into it, right? Uh, so in 1965, he got his first Native American wax mold, and then he started to actually bronze cast in his garage as a pastime. So he would make big busts or casts of whatever else, just because he thought that was fun. So what was he casting? Or was it like one of those like ones you could like manipulate and then cast? I believe it's a mold of a bust. So it was the same one. Yeah, but he could make different faces. Like it, oh. he could no, oh, but the, cool. the mold, and then you could just like mold it. And I, I, that's what I think. I, I didn't look into the mold too much. It's just interesting that this is where the guy started with his art shit. By uh, 1968, he ha- he got called to tour uh, tour Vietnam. All right, Vietnam had started at that point, and in 1968, he threw uh, he flew 328 missions in 348 days. Whoa. Wow, move over, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty fucking nuts. He was shot down twice. Uh, that's probably the only reason he didn't fly every single fucking day. This guy was an adrenaline junkie, really. Uh, mm-hmm. The second time he was shot down was in Laos. Uh, he had to eject the aircraft, and he parachuted into the rainforest. Uh, and he ended up being exactly the 1500th rescued serviceman in Vietnam. So he's like 1500, exactly. Uh, and oh, wow. I thought this was fun. The giant, uh, the jolly green giant helicopter that uh, saved him was named Candy Ann. I don't know what's with all the weird names <laughs> in this one. <laughs> was there like confetti? Like, was it like as soon as he like landed on the ground, it like fell from the trees? Yeah, like, did he win like a mate try or something? <laughs> <laughs> all the porcupine you can eat. A fruit basket. <laughs> and a horse. Uh, yeah he probably was like i wanted more native american art i wanted an arrowhead and because he's texan and because he's texan a shotgun yeah, <laughs> yeah a shotgun and a 10 gallon hat <laughs> and a nice shiny star that says good job yeah yeehaw good job yeehaw comrade not sheriff yeah exactly not, not sure, sure. Yeah. you take too many risks sir <laughs> so uh forrest spent actually 20 years in the air force uh where he won 25 different decorations nobody really like i'm not rhyming them all off uh but he also got a silver star for getting shot down and stuff so that's cool there you go you were right tally he did get a silver star he did he did yeah. I, I don't make the rules but i would have given him one <laughs> So he was offered a position. He actually retired after 20 years. He was offered a position uh, to be promoted to lieutenant colonel, which is pretty high in the military, but he declined. And he was 40 at that point. So he quit the military at 40. So remember this, he's 40 now. He's already lived a fucking life. He's lived longer than I have. All right. He's like been shot at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Killed the mountain lion. 
Yeah. Yay. Great. I can't believe there's more. This is just the starting. You don't even know what he did yet. Uh, so he wanted to get into something different uh, after he retired, something more geared towards his interests, uh, something without a strict schedule. This is how he put it. He just wanted to get into something he could chill with. So he had $20,000 in the bank. All right. He had a huge smile on his face and he started a bronze casting and making bronze statues. So that's what he started doing. He's like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life with my 20 grand. All right. Isn't he already like owning, operating a fucking hotel? hotel? That's his brother. He just helped invest. So he just reaped the oh, rewards. He's, and a, did, yeah. he's a silent investor. I think he's a very loud investor. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him the room at the end yeah with Dottie joe <laughs> is is my sister does my sister know where you are at the dude <laughs> uh, this is where forrest started to get into the art world okay he would trade his, uh, his bronze statues for native american rug paintings and other interesting pieces of art and people were doing it uh, soon he was displaying his busts all over art exhibits in Texas. So he started to become, he was good at it. Put him away, Forrest. <laughs> Put him away. <laughs> By December 1971, he opened his first gallery slash bronze foundry in Lubbock, Texas. But in 72, he moved his family to Santa Fe to open up Aerosmith slash Fen galleries with his new partner, Rex Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to remember this. This all started for him in 1970. It's 72. He's already built up a business big enough to like sell and go off to a different place. Right. In 1973, he'd already earned enough money to buy out Rex. So he bought out Rex. Rex was in his fifties. He got to retire. He's done. So there's no more Rex. Uh, this is when Forrest started to be known as one of the most successful art dealers in America. Uh, he was a great salesman. Uh, he was even quoted as saying one time, I never studied art. I didn't own a painting or some, or even know someone who did. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters who they think you are. This is true in Hollywood, politics, and it's also true in painting. So he was a fucking hype man. He used uh, this philosophy to amass $4.5 million worth of inventory at his gallery. Wow. Most of it he owned outright. Uh, this was only 1975. So five years after he quit the military. I wish I was as good at business as that. That's nuts. So in 1978, uh, his brother Skippy died in a scuba diving accident in Mexico. Oh, no, Skippy. Skippy's Skippy. done. Skippy. Not Skippy. Poor Skippy. Uh, this actually crushed Forrest, though. They were very close. Uh, so kind of made Fuck it you. Fuck you, Richard. This isn't a downer. It's not It's not a downer. <laughs> people die in people's life, but uh, some people this is are a more. fun one. Fuck off. We lost <laughs> Skippy. We lost Skippy in the first 20 minutes. What is this? <laughs> Sorry, my fault. Skippy's alive and well in Mexico. He just hit his life. I was joking. He just dove really far down. Yeah, he's not actually dead. He just he just gave up and moved to Mexico. And did any of the paintings go missing randomly? Like, oh yeah. Look, all I'm saying is I wasn't prepared for Skippy to be gone. I'd rather Rex have died. Like Rex can die. We don't. We're not attached to him. Skippy's a part of the family. Yeah, he was the fucking dude. So yeah, I didn't even, I should have looked at what happened to the dude between then. If he just kept it or sold it off, I didn't really look into that shit. I didn't think of it. So by the eighties, Forrest Gallery was killing it in Santa Fe. All right. Uh, his gallery is on the main strip of Santa Fe. He had five showrooms that housed art, but also uh, not only art, sorry, but also rare birds. It had a pool. There was gardens in there. There were three guest rooms that were all attached to the showrooms. 
Uh, and those were also stocked with rare books, fine wines, and over a million dollars worth of art. You could stay at his gallery? You could. So he and his wife lived on top of the gallery in a huge apartment. It kept him and his family close to the business, which he loved. And, and also, he became quite famous in Hollywood because Hollywood elites loved him. All right. Mm. He had customers like Robert Redford, Jessica Lang, Steven Spielberg, Cher, just to name a few. All right. When the celebs visit, he would send limos to pick them up. And if any customers decided to stay the night, they were pampered with massages. He had a massage, a masseuse on staff, fine cuisine. He had a chef on staff, a jacuzzi, a steam room. The guest room he used for the rich and famous clients uh, was filled with art. Like, like I said, this one here was the most a massive full of fucking like a million dollars worth of art. It wasn't at the dude then. <laughs> no, the dude is on the side of a national park. This is gorgeous. I can guarantee you that Cher has never stayed at the dude. <laughs> yeah. So all the art though, that he had in the room with the famous person would all have a price tag on it. Okay. Of course. Uh, they weren't obliged to buy anything. But Forrest planted these rooms on purpose so people would feel as though they had to buy something, right? Mm -hmm. Suzanne Summers stayed there and she loved the room so much she bought like six or seven Navajo rugs, I think, uh, and some indigenous jewelry. Steve mm -hmm. Martin said he was done the same. He's when he stayed the night, he bought some art. Forrest's most prized celebrity to grace his gallery was Jackie Onassis Kennedy. Uh, he always used to brag about this story. Uh, lots of people talk about his, him talking about the story. Uh, and she, she stayed over in one of the guest rooms. And everyone always said that he called her a rare lady. And all of the items in the gallery too, which I find was interesting, they all had signs that said, please touch. So he wanted all the people to like actually pick up art. When you go to like an art gallery, they don't want you to touch it usually. Yeah, you know, a lot of guy near it. Yeah, but he had a different, he thought art was for people. Okay, he didn't, he didn't think that like art should be, he thought it was a travesty like, that the Smithsonian or whatever, they would have like just pieces being restored or whatever. And it wasn't seen by people. It was like, he, he thought people should actually touch it, which I actually, I find it really cool. But also I think it's a sales tactic, you know? Yeah. I think it's like, once you get in your hand, it's yours I, and I want yeah. it. I think I'd feel a little bit differently about it if it obviously wasn't such a fucking snooty place. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like rich people have clean hands. Okay. Yeah, no, no. This uh, the Santa Fe art scene is considered one of the most like corrupt art scenes in America. Like with so much like shit, you'll see later as we get going. But like, people loved him, but nobody knew any better back then, right? He he was quoted as saying, "I fi I find this kind of interesting because he got into the art business." But he was quoted as saying, "Like art is the business, and what I like is business. I'm not particularly into art." So he didn't really like the art anyway. He just wanted to sell shit. It was businessman, you know. But he's also adrenaline junkie. Listen to what he used to do, okay? He used to get fake replicated art made of the things he already had in the art gallery. And he would tell people that there's one that's a fake and one that's a real. Oh, uh, and then he would, he would bet these fucking wealthy assholes to pick the real one. And if they could pick the real one, fine. He owed them whatever the art was, the money was. But if they picked the fake one, they had to buy that off of them, the fake one. And he would just make a bunch of money. So he had like really good fakes and he would tell people I have fakes. Brilliant. But that's gambling to me. That's not, that's not salesmanship, right? You had to pay those guys yeah. back too, if you fucked up. So it's adrenaline too, right? He's still adrenaline mm -hmm. junkie. And even at like 50, he, like I said, he loved archeology span earlier. Uh, in 1986, Fenn bought the San Lazaro Pueblo in the Gilestillo Basin in New Mexico. 
and begins excavating it shortly after. There are said to be old settlements located there from 1150 right until the Spanish settled there. So there's a bunch of old shit there that he wanted to get at, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and he bought this chunk of property from a rancher that was going bankrupt under the nose of the government because he just swooped in and got it, right? Did he give him a good price? He, he fucking raped him. Like, I'm sure he didn't do well. Of course he did. Fucking asshole. For sure. This guy was desperate. He definitely took advantage. Fuck this guy. He bought this so he could skirt some uh, rules about archaeology, right? There's a lot of different rules you're supposed to do, especially 1980. Like, now there's way more rules, but in 1987, there was less rules, but there's still rules. But as the owner of the property, it's legal for him to hire an archaeologist and dig the property as long as they didn't disturb any graves, and they raided the shit out of that place. They took everything that wasn't a buried person, all of his. Hey, he still was, he's digging it up for years at this point. Like he digs it up for years and years, but he's been raiding or was raiding that place for 20 years. So he bought that in 86. In 87, his father died. He was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Uh, with that news, Forrest's father got a bottle of sleeping pills and a bottle of scotch, found his favorite tree and killed himself on his own terms. Look at the bunnies, Lenny. That's two deaths so far. Two. <laughs> yeah, two deaths. I don't know. Dear old dad, he lived to be old. You know, he went out on his own terms. I'm not so... No, that's okay. I'm not so sad about yeah, it. I like that. Not so, not so skippy. He would have just gone to sleep under his favorite tree. That's nice. Sounds like my kind of party. Exactly, yeah. I was going to say, it's like <laughs> Callie's... Uh... <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I respect that. And Forrest really respected that. Because in 1988... Forrest's fortune started to change and he was diagnosed with uh, kidney cancer. Oh, boo-hoo, you have two of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need both. <laughs> Whip it out. <laughs> no, you don't. Chuck it away. Just eat salads. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually given a 20% chance of living for the next three years. By 1998, he was already in the process of selling his gallery to Nidra Matucci. Uh, she actually still owns it to this day if you want to Google her, but I don't know how to say fucking name, so you'll see it in the show notes. Uh, after he sold it, he said if he's going to die, he needs to find a way to leave a legacy. So Forrest bought a treasure chest. All right, It was a 12th century bronze treasure chest. It was 25 centimeters by 25 centimeters by 18 centimeters deep. So not huge. Fine, that's tiny. That's not even a ruler length. It's big enough when it, when it comes into terms of like, like precious metals you don't need lots for it to be worth a lot right i guess it's what he's putting in it like it's yeah and and also it's a 12th century like bronze ornate chest like it's it's a rare thing to actually have it so it's worth a, it's worth a lot on its own so he didn't yeah. even go out and get a chest he just used one he had probably <laughs> he probably uh, he said he went out and got it he probably just traded up for a bunch of illegal art you know like, he used one that he dug up out of the out yeah. of the ground that he stole <laughs> on your forest <laughs> <laughs> when he bought the chest he uh used the idea of the old adage when you die you can't take it with you so his idea was to fill the chest with gold and other antiquities okay he would find a place to hide the treasure write an autobiography and give clues to the location of the chest and then what after he died after he died, he wanted to go to where the chest was, die on top of the chest with all the shit in it, and somebody else could, another archaeologist could find him <laughs> like that. That was his way of, like, leaving a legacy. Wow, way to make your own death about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 
<laughs> you just kind of want he liked the way his dad did it in a way but he also had all this riches and he he's, he also he used to say like if you die with more than 50 dollars in your bank account you failed at life he's got millions of dollars and this is what he's talking about like this is the kind of crazy yeah. asshole this guy is he's he's crazy he's nuts the odds were actually in Forrest's favor though and he survived he didn't actually die in those two years but he did fill the chest but he just put it in his basement and he'd often go down and look at it and be like, I'm going to bury that one day and just never got around to it. <laughs> How is he supposed to die with less money in his pocket if he steals everything? He doesn't actually use his money to buy anything. He just fucking steals it all. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, I agree. She's not wrong. <laughs> I agree. All right. In 1990, Forrest got in the heat with the director of the State Historical Preservation Society or whatever, uh, who said they found a human bone on top of a heap of artifacts at his San Lorazo dig. So what does Forrest do? He sues the state for trespassing on his land. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, how the fuck would you know that? Uh, They sue him back for digging up dead people. And then they just settle out of court, call it a day. I hope someone kicked him in the dick. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i wonder who paid oh i bet he guaranteed paid them all like fuck this fuck get out of here right he just gave him a handful of of bronze busts yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's my picture of here's my bust of donnie cho my favorite subject uh <laughs> you get a bust you get a bust everyone gets a bust <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah everyone gets a bust yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, it's not the only time he actually got in trouble with the uh, authorities. Uh, in 2009, Fenn was raided by the FBI. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no E. They suspected him of uh, having illegal artifacts stolen from various dead people from all over the world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you could say he got bust. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Points to tally. One point tally. Good. I was in the negatives. But this kind of shit, that's how you get cursed. You know, that's what I first thing I thought. I'm like, you don't break into mausoleums and take shit. That's how curses happen. And he he fucking joked about that. He's like, well, if that if curses are true, I'm super cursed. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, that's why you survived kidney cancer. Because why you got fuck yeah, it's why you got fucking cancer, man. He I think he was tipped off that the FBI was coming. All right. The only reason the uh, FBI was looking into forest at all was because they had an undercover agent uh, buy over 200 items off of Fenn and 23 other dealers in Santa Fe. Uh, nearly three th- $335,000 uh, of stuff. And all of them were illegal. <laughs> like each and every one of them. Oh my God. So it wasn't just Forrest doing this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Santa Fe art scene at that time was considered like the, the pirates of the fucking art world oh my goodness so this is a pirate story you lied to us yeah. again again richard <laughs> when will it stop so uh to be fair to our boy forrest okay he was only caught with four things and never charged that doesn't sound fair <laughs> the people that were raided though some of the people that were raided had like three thousand illegal artifacts at their gallery so he had like four never charged uh, two out of the 24 people that were raided that day actually committed suicide. <laughs> so I think. Didn't you say, though, that he would take shit that he had and he would use it to make it into fake art to sell to rich people? I'm pretty sure that's what happened with all the illegal artifacts. It could be. Could be yeah. for sure. 
for sure. They don't really get like the FBI raid thing. They don't get into like what, who had what they just said they had over 200 items bought. They didn't say over 23 different people. And then he was one of the few that weren't charged. So I I know he's rich and he probably paid them off, honestly, or he probably was tipped off by someone that the FBI was coming and just hit all his illegal shit. That's what I think. So, okay, yeah. So a lot of stuff that uh, they saw there, though, was j- a really illegal, like legal, sorry, in a, in a legal sense, but it's really unethical. Like a lot of the shit should be just given back to the museum or to like the indigenous yeah. people. Like I was going to say, it bothers me that he's got so much like Native American stuff. Uh, like how if he's got all this other stuff by these nefarious means, how did he get hold of all the Native American art, you know? that? Yeah, for sure. I I. He was not doing like having those arrowheads now, like the arrowheads used to find as a kid. Like if you were to go find that Mm. now, it's like illegal for you to keep it. You got to like bring it and hand it into the historical society or whatever. Like you got to be like, look what I found. And then they go do a dig there. Right. So it's not like uh... back then though, he got grandfathered into a lot of the shit that he just like raped and pillaged before anyone could actually like make a law about it. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of laws on the book about this stuff that happened because of either Forrest Fenn or Forrest Fenn's contemporaries during that time. You know, yeah. Uh, a year later, from uh, so 2010, Forrest decides he's gonna hide his treasure chest. Uh, by this time, Forrest had approximately 20 to 30 million dollars. Nobody can really be sure. Plus, of all of his other stuff, so he's he's gotten much wealthier. Uh, and he's 80. Okay, he's 80 in 2010. Uh, he goes and hides it himself. Got to remember this for this treasure hunt. Okay, he went out and hid it himself. He said it took him two trips, and he's 80 because the chest was. 10 kilograms and the rest of the shit was about 12 kilograms so he couldn't carry the whole fucking 50 pounds fucking balance he's balancing it on his walker (laughs) 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 what rest of the shit what did he take besides the chest yeah we'll get into what he had in the chest in a bit but it took it was two trips i just wanted to say that he did it like you got to remember forrest hit this fucking thing and he was 80 yeah but he was 80 and rich okay that dude had fucking like what is it called What's that shit called that comes from fetuses that like makes you live forever? Or some shit. He had that shit in his blood. <laughs> Primordial soup mix. Primordial soup. Stem yeah. cells. <laughs> he dug it up. He dug up the fucking fountain of youth. There you go. He knew where it was. He's the only mm. one who knew. All right, I'm telling you, that is that. That's like a 25 year old man tops. Yeah. <laughs> so he's yeah, riding that bike better than we are, or whatever he's doing. But his knees don't hurt when it rains. Yeah. He's in a gopher. He's like, that's why it took him two trips because it took him so long. Yeah, he didn't say he didn't use assistive devices. You're right. He probably could have a pallet jack, you know, or like something to help him. Just me and my bare hands is the illusion. Where was it buried? Because that that's important information. Like, did he ride his fucking little his Vespa thing into like the depths <laughs> of the fucking forest. <laughs> this is the hunt. This is where the hunt begins. This is in where the hunt trips. begins, you know? All right, well, tell me where it is and then we'll speculate on how it got there. Well, well mm. that that's like, that's the end. He used, he used the helicopter. He used yeah. Candy Ann to drop it off. <laughs> By October of that year, he releases his memoirs. All right. Uh, he donated all the books to the local bookstore, 40,000 of them, because uh, he didn't want the profits. He didn't want people to think he was profiteering off of his treasure hunt because he was going through with his death plan. Yeah, who would possibly suspect him of that? Oh, because he hated money, didn't he? Bit like, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he didn't want to make the book. 
and then people just buy the book and then he makes all the profits off the book more than what he would have made off the chest. He just, yeah. I'm pretty sure he just wanted to watch people fucking die. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was like, make it available to everyone and then yeah. everyone can die. Oh, you'll see. And watch everyone go fucking crazy trying <laughs> to find this chest. I have, I have a theory on that. I have a theory on why he did it. <laughs> all right. it's, it's super funny. <laughs> He told people he wanted people to go out and have an adventure, get off their phones. People are too connected to that shit. He, he, that's the rhetoric. Okay. That's his rhetoric for the whole thing. I have a different theory. I, there's allegations out there that Fenn decided to hide his treasure so soon after the 2009 raid to get back at the FBI for the 2009 raid. All right. Think about it. When people are out hunting for this treasure, people leave no stone unturned wherever they thought the treasure was. Uh, a lot of people will go to places that were protected sites. These treasure hunters would be taking up, uh, miss, uh, like, sorry, messing up protected shit, taking shit they should be taking, all looking for this treasure. So, which, you, if you think about it, that's kind of funny. You get raided by the FBI for being in places you don't belong, taking things from places you shouldn't be taking from, and one year later, release a book that will for sure make hundreds of people. Uh, be in places they shouldn't be and potentially take things from places they shouldn't be taking them from. I I find this sweet revenge. I was just going to say that's a great level of the petty. (laughs) Yeah, it's so awesome. And it makes these FBI agents that that pissed him off, he pissed them off 10 times much. It's great. Sounds like John Cleese in rat, it, it, the Rat Race. Have you seen that movie? The Rat Race. I love that. <laughs> Just a bunch of old people like watching yeah. all these people go get this shit. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so here's the contents of the chest for you guys. All right. Uh, from a 2012 article in Newsweek, this is what the, the quote is. Okay. He tossed in ancient figurines, a 17th century Spanish ring, uh, turquoise beads excavated from a, quif- a cliff dwelling in Mesa Verde. He added American Eagle uh, c- gold coins, gold nuggets, a vial of gold dust, two gold discs, and quote, a lot of jewelry include, and, and also gems, including rubies, sapphires, diamonds. Uh, among these wonders, he also included a copy of his own autobiography and rolled it <laughs> and stuffed it into an ancient olive jar. <laughs> Clues to find the treasure were hidden within a poem on the last page of his autobiography, uh, which was entitled The Thrill of the Chase. Uh, I'm not going to read the poem because the poem fucking sucks. Uh, all you need to know is that there, it does. It just It's just long and shitty. All you need to know, there's nine clues hidden within the poem, okay? This is great. It's kind of a fun idea, right? Believe it or not, though, The Thrill of the Chase wasn't really a thrill until 20, that 2012 Newsweek article. Uh, that's when people really started to look into Fen's treasure. Uh, even more when Good Morning America did a piece in 2013. Uh, what was uh, 100 people looking for Fen's treasure turned into like nearly 30,000 overnight. Mm-hmm. And that number just kept growing over the years. Uh, the treasure hunters gathered online in chat rooms and forums. The really obsessed ones called themselves Fen heads. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cute. You guys are going to like this one. John Wayne Bobbitt said he was to be a massive Fen head. <laughs> oh that my. mangle meated goof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a whole fucking like bunch of YouTube videos of John Wayne Bobbitt out there looking for fence treasure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can find them on YouTube if you want. Was this pre or po- pre or post 
penis amputation. <laughs> oh, post because it's he didn't. Yeah, he didn't plant it until 2010, right? So John Wayne's like looking 2016, 2017 for this right. stuff. So he's he's out there. He's a fanhead. He's on all the forums. He's just looking for something to do. Yeah, for sure. People like knew he was there though. That's fun too. All the people in the forums were like John Wayne Bob is here, and they're like, really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Out. Yeah. So over the years of the hunt, there were many people digging and metal detecting in and around the mo- uh, the Rocky Mountain areas uh, without a license and disturbing cultural landmarks. One guy just dug a big hole. Well, you're not <laughs> kidding. Just a fucking huge what hole. What a perfect strategy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to go in my backyard and start <laughs> digging. <laughs> I'll find it eventually. He read the clues and he thought he knew where it was, but he just kept digging. And he and people did a news article like, why are you digging this big hole? Like, fuck, just, you can find it. Like a huge hole. And he'd gotten shit for it. Like, fill in the hole, man. They can't just keep Maybe digging. he was like, doing fuck. some character building. <laughs> Maybe he was doing some meth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a line in the poem that references a brown house. So many outhouses were thought to be the resting place of the treasure. God. Many were dug up. So people thought like, you threw it in the shitter. Okay. Smart. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, fucking morons. Like as if you think an old man would dump his treasure in a shit house. You guys are so stupid. <laughs> Honestly, I would believe that he would do that. That seems like the kind of thing that he would do. <laughs> Archaeology this motherfucker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's how he planned on dying. I'm going to jump in the shitter on top of my gold because that's what he wanted, right? Anyways. <laughs> well. uh, so then on January 5th, 2016, things started to actually get crazy. Oh, just now? Yeah, well, no, it's not. It's, it wasn't the big crazy. big giant yet. hole was crazy. <laughs> well, that's, that's crazy, but it's not crazy, all right? Uh, <laughs> Randy Billu who is 54, and his dog, Leo, set out on their raft in the Rio Grande, uh, hunting for the treasure, by the way. Ten days later, Randy and Leo were reported missing by his sister, (gasps) Kathy Liebel. Not Leo. Well, why did he have to fucking not Leo? Fuck Finnett on a fucking raft. Why is this necessary? Is Mark Twain writing this? Had he, like, did he build it himself? No, it was an inflatable raft. All right. And he thought that it was down by the clues in the book. He had to raft out and get it. And think about this. This is the Rocky Mountains on January 5th. This is a cold time of year. This is not. Uh, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like he's anyways. So, uh, yeah. So soon after. So after he was reported missing 10 days later, uh, soon after that, Randy's raft was found overturned <gasps> with Leo barking beside oh, it. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, good. Yes. The dog survived. Good. All right. No, Randy. Good. Uh, when Kathy saw little Leo without Randy on the news, she described it as the worst day of her life. Uh, and everyone assumed the worst. This is January in Colorado. Forrest Fenn heard about Randy being missing and he came in a helicopter to look for Randy. Fenn spent about a half million dollars actually looking for good old Randy. Kathy, during this time, met Forrest Fenn, his sister, Randy's sister, Kathy, uh, and she pleaded with Forrest to stop the hunt. You're putting people in danger. He refused. No, what a surprise. Yeah, no, fuck that. This is my legacy, motherfucker. I'm doing this. All right. Uh, So Randy wasn't found till six months later, decomposing on the riverbank, 10 kilometers downstream for whereas Raft and Leo were found. Oh, Oh, that sucks. He didn't even. Wow. 
How did they fly past him in a helicopter and miss him 10 kilometers down the road? <laughs> he was in the water. Half a he million was, and a oh, helicopter. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but he was in the water and I don't know if they sent scubas or nothing, but Forrest didn't find six months. Forrest actually gave up after like two months. He spent already a shit ton of 10 money. 10 kilometers. <laughs> he must, he literally just like launched and fucking died. <laughs> then that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to disparage the victims of this. Allow me then. These people that were out <laughs> hunting for them were not prepared for what they were. They probably were like, they're average American, hardworking, blue collar people who just wanted to get rich. Fucking two to five million dollars worth of gold. Yeah, don't give us that much credit. Just go to the 7 Eleven, get a taquito, buy a lottery Grab a ticket. 40. How did he die? How did he die? Drown. Yeah. He In freezing cold. It was cold. It was January 5th. Was he drunk? Was he drunk? <laughs> I don't think so. He was a uh, poor guy was with his dog. I think he just wanted like, anyways, he thought he was going to find it. Like everybody else fucking does. Right. I'm suspicious of the dog. Yeah, exactly. The dog killed him. Yeah. <laughs> the dog's like, finally, I have you alone, Randy. Kill the fuck out of you. Uh, fucking drag me out here in the middle of winter, you prick. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah. Then on June 9th, of 2017 jeff murphy 53 fell off the side of a cliff and died looking for the treasure as well oh no jeff go back to bed you're 53 yeah and why you could climb (laughs) on cliffs man this is an 80 year old man anyways keep going yeah (laughs) uh, if i were an 80 year old man where would i hide my treasure (laughs) oh yes on the top of Fucking, <laughs> he fucking left it in a McDonald's Naturally. car park, man. Come on. No, where would? Can we take a break? Where do we think an eighty-year-old man would hide his treasure? In the ground. <laughs> I don't know. I, that sounds like a lot of digging. In the ground, under the bed. <laughs> For, later on, you'll see. Forrest just says, "Like it's not hard for me to get to. It's pretty, actually, pretty easy if you understand the clues. Just fucking. It's go. in his basement. Up his ass." Uh, so yeah, Cliff, Jeff Murphy dies, uh, off the cliff, uh, just a few days, days later, not that much long later, another man, pastor Paris Wallace died trying to cross the Rio Grande with a rope he just bought from Walmart. Oh my God. Why didn't he just ask Jesus? Exactly. Doesn't a pastor have to like give all of his money to. Yeah, he has to tithe 10%. So whatever he found in there, he would have had to give the church 10%. All about the capitalism. Oh, I guess Jesus came down and was like, buddy, I could use a little help financially. I was gambling with Satan. He's going to break my knees. Satan Satan beat me at a wicked game of chess and now I owe him. So (laughs) off you go. Jesus really walked with him yeah. that day. I thought I could win at hide and seek, but turns out he's really good. Even with even with my omnipotence, <laughs> I'm still lost. I was gonna say even with the holes in my hands, oh! so I could see. But okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that's a good. That's funny. Uh, no, yeah, that was that was great. Don't encourage me. <laughs> No, that's funny. I have a joke that I do on stage where I say, do you think Jesus would have jerked off through his handhole? Anyway. Yes, that's yes. any guy would. Of course he did. It's a fucking hot, wet hole. On a man. You would do it, Richard. Of course I would. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pat, the pastor's body was found on June 17th. So I don't know, a week later, uh, 11 kilometers up the river where they found his car. Uh, 
Yeah. So still in July of 2017, another casualty. 31-year-old Eric Ashby and others, they were out on a raft and it flipped in the Arkansas River. Fucking raft. Uh, Ashby's body was the only one that didn't turn up. Uh, the body was found 16 kilometers downstream for where the raft overturned six months later. Is he working with like the fucking water gods? Why are the rivers <laughs> killing everyone? Because there's a line in the poem about a river and everyone fucking thinks they have to go on the river. Like it's just, you. Can, it says like you can hear the river flow or something. It doesn't mean you have to drive down. Yeah, the... you can definitely hear it when you're in the river. <laughs> you can also hear it when you're yeah, not exactly. in the river. So after this, uh, after this, de- this last death of Eric, uh, police begged Fen to end the hunt. Okay, they knew it wasn't illegal to have the hunt, but now you're just putting people in danger, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, it was just an annoyance. You had people tromping around places they shouldn't be, but now people are dying. Stop it, right? That's what they they went on the news and said, "Dude, stop." Yeah. Uh, Linda Billu there was there as well on the news conference. Uh, Randy's ex-wife. Uh, she agreed with the police calling the hunt a quote ludicrous and out of control, and it should be stopped. Mm-hmm. Fen. Good as ground said, I'm not going to end the hunt. All right. His defense to this whole thing uh, was that on average, every year, nine people die at the Grand Canyon and no one's shutting down the Grand Canyon. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's the fucking nutty putty cave argument. Exactly. But it's uh, he said, like, four people have died over seven years. It's not as dangerous as other places. People just need to be more prepared. But what he did to, instead of stopping the hunt, he decided he would give five more clues. All right. One of them, one of the clues was I was 80 years old when I hid the treasure and I could get to it easily. No need to scale walls or get in the water. Stop climbing fucking mountains. (laughs) Stop it. Oh, this guy. Yeah. One of his new clues also was to stop digging up outhouses. Stop That's up. the only clue I wish he had. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be none left. Yeah, for sure. They, around that area, I'm sure there were so many outhouses just like, now we have to dig another one. Thanks, assholes. <laughs> like, I'm sure so many people were so mad. Like, hmm. imagine getting covered in fucking, anyways, like national park shit. No thanks. Oh, not even yeah. your own or your family's, right? It's like Jeez. the 50,000 people that have gone there over the God, last 25 God years. What like, else Ugh. is in there, too? Not just. Oh just... yeah, you get septic, you get sepsis just by yeah. breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody was there ever charges brought against him for like nope, never. I don't know, disturbing the peace or just some I feel like they could swing a legal case. So I feel like he probably like was throwing money at this a little bit. Like he definitely could have been brought up on charges for this. Uh, for just writing a book and hiding a treasure. I, I don't know. I, I maybe. Yeah. If you want to look at it, like just hiding, just that's whatever. how he would. Yeah. Frame but it. What he's doing is he is inciting. He he's is eluding the public. Chaos. Yeah. He is inciting this, this, if people are, if this is dangerous, it's like the person who starts yeah. a riot is inciting something not illegal to start yelling and screaming, but if it's your fault, everyone else is up in arms and people die. You face charges mm. for that. But his defense, I think his defense would have been to that actual argument would have been like, I think the more the bigger danger in this world is people being stagnant and sitting in front of their phones and watching TV all day. I'm getting people outside. That's not a legal argument. <laughs> he's 86 years old. He doesn't give a shit. He's a, sorry. He was throwing money at this. He could have yeah. for sure. For I, I don't I I don't I don't disagree, right? And he also could have been like he, he also could have been like 
who are you to say that the treasure is actually real? Maybe I just wrote a poem and you guys are all taking it too literally. And, you know, just like people like yeah. the da, da Vinci code and people trying to figure out the Da Vinci code and going into. Again, you could justify fraud with that though. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Remember that guy who wrote an autobiography and he got really rich and like went on a bunch of talk shows and then it turned out that it wasn't even his story. He ended up facing fraud charges for that. That's true. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. So another okay. one of his new uh, rules out of his new five new clues was uh, don't dig up graveyards either. Uh, or going in mine shafts. Okay. There was actually, Hypocrite. there's actually a guy right now, a fed head <laughs> right now, currently spending six months in jail for digging up a grave, looking for the treasure. <laughs> so he put got a guys in jail too. Like that's Fox. <laughs> right. Uh, so what's like, what's the theory there? Like he was like, okay, it was buried at this time. This person was buried at this time. So the grave was probably fresh. It would have been super easy to just like walk by and put in with the corpse. Like was that the, it could be it could be i i didn't really look into why this guy's like wh what his exact rationale was i know he's just hunting he's a fenhead i'm sure i couldn't do it i started to look at the forums and they're just so much like it's here i know it. it's here i know it. and it's like <laughs> oh my god just stop yeah i don't know the guy's rationale i tell you the truth um his last okay. his last new uh clue was it was a uh, 1500 meters above sea level and north of new mexico so just to stop people from searching in, I guess, the desert. I don't know. I don't know why that rule came in. Maybe just helped a little bit. In October 2018, Robert Miller broke into Fenn's house and tried to haul a chest from Fenn's house itself. And he said it was Fenn's treasure. He actually hid it in his house. Uh, Fenn and his daughter caught him in the act and held him at gunpoint until the police arrived. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The chest he tried to steal was filled with linens. <laughs> yeah but knowing forest fan those those linens would have been like a thousand thread count egyptian cotton so they were probably worth a couple of thousand dollars so egyptian cotton straight egypt, from yeah egypt. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ancient egypt yeah, mate, yeah. <laughs> from the bodies of pharaohs themselves that's right tutankhamun was wrapped he unwrapped all the mummies <laughs> <laughs> and now we're yeah. fucked uh he said he had many threats uh for more clues and as time passed more and more of the fen heads were starting to believe the chest wasn't even real uh some people were mad because they spent thousands of dollars looking for the treasure thinking <laughs> they were going to get rich in 2019 one colorado fen head david harold hansen even sued Fenn, saying that Fenn gave out false information and the amount of time he spent looking for the treasure, it belonged to him. Oh, yes, of course. All right, David. Uh, it didn't work. What do you mean it didn't work? He presented such a strong <laughs> argument. It didn't. It, it, the, the lawsuit didn't go through. He got, it got thrown out. That's, that is an injustice. Here's, here's going to be a shock for you guys. Uh, Fenn was also me too would Oh, was it Donnie Joe? <laughs> <laughs> was it Donnie Joe? I wish it was Donnie oh, Joe. No, there's allegations that Fint would hint towards female fen heads in the forums to send him nudes in exchange for extra clues. <laughs> clues. This is a printed in the Guardian. This isn't me making this shit up. This is a article fully about this. Uh, this guy loved adventure. Remember that? I don't. I don't 
don't buy it. I don't buy Creepy. it. Creepy. Uh, well, from the guy who brought you the hotel called The Dude. <laughs> I don't think this 80-year-old man actually really gave a shit about hot young today's. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's printed in the no. Guardian. It's not the... He could buy them. He could buy hot young titties. He, he didn't need to... Yeah, my yeah, my point yeah. is this. It's not the New York Times. You know what I'm saying? It's not... Uh, <laughs> it's the Guardian. Relax. <laughs> All right, so next. Unfortunately, on March 21st, 2020, there was another death. So this is pandemic just starting up. Holy fuck. Wait, isn't he dead yet? Yeah. Not yet. Oh, I thought he was dead. No, no, Forrest die, is dead now, yeah. but in the story, he's not dead. So when did he die? He dies. Let me scroll down here. September 7th, 2020. He's he's 90 when he dies, actually, which is... Well, then he like somebody <laughs> dug up his corpse. And sold his bones. <laughs> he would probably like that. He'd be happy. He's like, someone found him. <laughs> Some guy's got him over his shoulder. His fucking ghost is... <laughs> so yeah, so March 2020, there's another death. Michael Wayne Sexton and his friend Stephen Inlow went looking for Fen's treasure in Dinosaur National Park uh, by snowmobile. All right. Uh, they were in the Rockies and got uh, got stuck. Oh Sexton gosh. froze to death about five kilometers where they were saved looking for the treasure only weeks before. Oh, my God. So they were just out there and got saved and they went out again. What time of year did he hide the treasure? He Summer. hid it in July. So it was the summer. So, buddy, if, if it's buried somewhere, the ground's fucking frozen. There's no point looking in the winter, you dumb fuck. Yeah, he's a man. These guys are, you should see the website. Like, if you guys want to go on the forums, they're still up. You'll see. Uh, Inlow didn't die. The other guy did. In June 2020, Fen's treasure was finally found after 350,000 adventurers went out looking. Just before he got to die on it. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Forrest, when it happened, Forrest actually emailed the media and the treasure hunters on his mailing list that the treasure had been found. He, he was the one who emailed and told everyone. Uh, the person who had found the treasure didn't want to reveal his identity because he didn't want the Fen heads to come after him. That's bullshit. That is like, you're robbing me. <laughs> you're robbing me of the climax. It's like going in the lottery. Yeah. Just one, one more fucking robbery before you die, you son of a bitch. Uh, Fen just called him the guy from back east, which I liked. Uh, such, a, such an old way of from talking. It sounds like he's talking Orient. about an Asian person. You know what I mean? Like an Oriental from Texas. Goddess. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all they revealed uh, was the state where the treasure was found, and it was found in Wyoming. So oh, okay. They didn't want to tell. They don't want people to go there and like disturb the area apparently so they they literally just said the state so we don't really know exactly where it was uh celeste answer your questions we just know wyoming hold the fuck up he didn't even say where it was found <laughs> nope this son of a bitch <laughs> this never happened he knew he was like you know what i think i'm gonna die i think that right now i need to take control of this narrative again so that i can watch everybody <laughs> get super fucking sad and just relish it but it's the guy who found it who won't say, right? There might not have even been a treasure chest to begin with. He probably set this all up. And That's just... exactly what I think happened. Yeah. This is exactly where my script goes, okay? It says, like, uh, Fenn and uh, the winner thought this would give the hunters some closure, saying it was in Wyoming. But this is where the conspiracy theories started, mm -hmm. all right? Fenn heads were even more staunch in their belief that there was never a fucking treasure to begin I with. I have one more question, please. Yes, please. Where did he live? New Mexico? Texas. 
New Mexico, Santa Fe. Oh. No, he was born in Texas, Santa Fe. Yeah. 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 Where is Wyoming from New Mexico? North. Thank you. It's much more north, but I mean, how much more? A couple states. It's it's a uh, twelve hours. It's a twelve hour drive. Fucking pretty far up there. Okay. You go all the way. There's New Mexico on the bottom here, and then Colorado, and then Wyoming. But it doesn't. I went from Wyoming to New Mexico. I didn't pick specific places. So if you were on the corner of New Mexico up to the corner of Wyoming, it's probably like a six-hour. Yeah, drive. it doesn't need to be that specific. All I'm saying is that Buddy obviously took the fucking chest on a fucking aircraft of some kind. Mm. He could have literally just dropped it. Dropped it out. So saying it's somewhere I could easily get to is also bullshit because yeah, you obviously had to take a fucking aircraft to get there. They could put you down wherever the fuck you're loaded. I hate this. I hate this man. Yeah. What's, <laughs> <laughs> what's easy to Forrest Fenn isn't easy to everyone. Yeah, That's exactly. true. I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor, uh, poor fucking not hunters, all of us man. can afford to hire a fucking private jet. I'm so fucking mad. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah they were uh believing there's never a charter others claiming that fen ended the chase because too many people were dying and the pressure from the police so other people were like he did actually hide it but he just went and gave it to someone so that the police wouldn't give him shit anymore yeah. maybe yeah, but he enjoyed that didn't he he enjoyed this was a man who found it not a lady with nice titties no it's a man <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it we know who found no it now. oh we do yeah, we do. We know who found it now. Well, thanks for telling me that before I got mad. Sorry, but it's okay. I wanted thanks you for to raising my blood pressure and shit. I left it to the end on purpose. You could have killed me, man. I am not in the best health. <laughs> Damn. It's too hot there for her to raise her blood pressure. <laughs> it's too hot up here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll wait till it's 20 degrees before I start making shit up. I'm making you get pissed off. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> There were other conspiracy theories that the treasure wasn't even found. And this is a lie because they never saw the guy. They don't know the guy's name. Mm. Uh, I'm sure I'm honestly hundred percent sure that there's people out there still looking forward to this day. Mm -hmm. When Fenn was notified that the treasure was found, he was said to have looked disappointed. Oh. <laughs> he was, he was pissed he <laughs> because he wasn't led dead on the top of the yeah. box. <laughs> yeah. Fenn always expected the hunt to last past his days. Fenn even said this. He even said, the poem would take 900 years for someone to solve. <laughs> you arrogant son of a bitch. A I know, like, head. get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> then he died September 7th, 2020, at the age of 90, three months after his treasure was found, respecting the winner right until his last days, never revealing their identity. His wife, Peggy, died soon after, so they, they were together for a long time. I just wanted to mention her because I love Peggy. She's just around and she exists in his life and they were together for a long time. Yeah, good for you, Peggy, existing all yeah, it's, nicely. Well, it's cute. There's never any point where they she comes in. I mean, we don't know if he was completely faithful to her, but at least he stayed married to her. <laughs> and we don't even know if he was nice to her. Isn't that yeah. kind of what beards do? They just hang around quietly picking up the crumbs you drop? Pretty much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe Peggy was on Forrest's account asking the ladies for pictures of their titties. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Celeste needs some gay action <laughs> in this story. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> in the <this> story. <laughs> Before Peggy died, she scissored her housekeeper until she did die. There you go. You're welcome. They scissored until they were on fire. <laughs> And the housekeeper was a illegal immigrant that Forrest had stolen. 
<laughs> it was electrifying. <laughs> Just over a decade since the hunt began, six deaths, many injuries, thousands of dollars spent. On December 7th, 2020, the winner revealed himself as Jack Stiff. He's 32-year-old. Jack Stiff. This, this Asian guy sounds pretty German. Like say. Dennis, <laughs> like Dennis sounds really Italian. Imagine and that would be with Jack Stoof and this tiny little Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Jack. Anyway, uh, am, I fuck, am I fucking up accents? Nothing makes sense. Yes, am I fucking up accents? <laughs> I don't good. know. No, he was a med student from Michigan. So Fenn said he found the treasure using the poem clues to lead him right to it. He said it was easy. Stoof said uh, he studied interviews. Stoof said he studied interviews and he studied how uh, Fenn spoke to decipher the clues. He made it sound simple and he thought the bloggers and the internet were overthinking it. So Stoof was is cocky. After Fenn's death, though, Stoof was forced to re reveal his name. Another hunter claimed that Stoof had hacked her email and her text to find the location. So he had to reveal his name to prove he didn't hack her. Uh, and his name would be revealed against the suit against Fenn's estate. Before Fenn was dead, there was a, it was a suit against Fenn. But when Fenn died, it was the estate, and they had to reveal who had that part of the treasure. Oh, yeah. So, and actually, Fenn dying made the reveal have to happen, yeah. which I found was interesting. Uh, and his Twitter's funny. Okay, I went to his Twitter, and it's only funny because uh, no activity for eight years. Uh, reveals identity and then he back on social media. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His first tweet back was that someone on Twitter was talking about Fen's treasure, like I don't know, a year before that. And they were saying it's not real. And if anybody can prove it's real, I'll give them 10k right now. And he's he retweeted that tweet and said, Let's talk, buddy. And then his next tweet claimed he got his seven his 10k. And then now he's quiet. So he went on there and got 10K more. He just got 10K <laughs> and then stopped going on Twitter again. It's not very often you get your fortune before fame. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's so true. And he doesn't like what he says. He plans on paying off a student loan with the money and he hopes to sell it to someone specific. He won't say who, but there's someone specific who Fen wanted him to sell it to so they could put it on display in their place. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. There's a bunch of pictures with Fen and Stuff going through the fucking uh, chest. So he did find it or they're pretending he found it, whatever. Uh, I did reach out to Jack Stuff to try and get an interview with him. Uh, no response, oh, which Obama. is fine. Uh, but he does have an email. Uh, you can find on his Twitter. He tells people to email and he says he might or may not answer. Yeah, I'm sure he hasn't checked it in eight years. <laughs> no, it's, it's just this year. Honestly, they just found it last year, right? So he just found it like late last year. He just revealed himself September of last year. So wow. it's not even been a year. Yeah. So I'm going to keep pushing at him and maybe I'll make it a bonus episode if he ever does uh, get to me. Uh, so Let's just go over a couple things here. Over over the years, Fenn said that more people sent him emails thanking him for putting on the hunt than negative ones. So there was a lot of happy people doing this, thinking this is a great thing. We're, we're focusing on the negative because they were true crime, but he got a lot of positive shit too. Uh, he thought he, he succeeded actually. Before he died, he said he succeeded in getting people out of their houses and into the great outdoors. Pokemon Go did that too. Just saying. That's true. And and actually, you know what? The The... Pokemon Go and this thing were actually uh, come out around the same, like it got real popular around the same time, which I find kind of cute. They, they were talking about that in other places. I was like, I this can't really find the correlation. This was just one big promotion for Pokemon Go. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Gotta catch him up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I think this guy led a crazy life. Uh, most of us will never lead anything close to that. Even by the time he was 40, he had a crazier life than I'm going to have probably my entire life. Uh, he was rich mm-hmm. and he was crazy and uh, he's dead. He left his mark on the world for sure. Yep. Whether it was positive or negative, that's kind of the question today uh, is, is should multimillionaire people be held responsible for uh, putting people into a mania like that? I, I, Donald Trump. Yeah, for sure. That, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, have you heard of a little thing called the Capitol? <laughs> have you heard of a little thing called America? Or is this, is this okay? Is this fine to put people... Uh, at their own risk to go out in danger and, and actually explore the world for a, a real crazy tangible thing if you're stupid enough to do it then it's your own fault sorry you don't have to do it he wasn't forcing them yeah and he was not in any way a leadership material yeah. person like he wasn't you know a leader he wasn't mayor or anything. <laughs> he incentivized it honestly and that's the thing that i think is a problem like, yes, you know, we're thinking about John Jones. He climbed into a cave. There was no incentive to do it. He just made a conscious choice to do this. But he incentivized this. He, like, he offered the prospect to probably a lot of people who didn't have money. But, hey, guess what? I have, you know, the time and I kind of know my way around a camp stove. Like, he incentivized it as literally treasure. Literally finding fucking treasure. Like, yeah, I, I, that's so dangerous. I think it says a lot more about humans the fact that we're willing to risk our lives for a possible chest that we might find down eighty foot down the side of a cliff. I yeah. think people will risk just about everything for a possibility. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the chest was valued. I, I didn't really say that in this, but the chest was valued at anywhere between three to five million dollars by Fen. But some people estimate by just looking at the pictures and shit that it was probably like five to ten million dollars. It, it was a lot of treasure, right? Mm. Uh, and it's hard to tell because gold fluctuates such in price. That was the other thing they're saying. And it was a lot of gold in there. And depending on where gold is sitting on the market, it could have been worth up to 20, 20 million dollars. So like, mm. Wow wow yeah and obviously that's a good incentive you're right celeste that's a good incentive to go out and and look for this shit but maybe i think there's there's like a little bit of responsibility in a way that like you should have been like you don't have to be an experienced rafter to get to he should have given them a little bit more specific hints but he wanted to go all poet poetic with it well he wanted it to last 900 years yeah (laughs) yeah exactly. exactly yeah after the first two guys had been found down that river you know down the river's edge surely the third guy was like mm, maybe <laughs> you know if you're following on there was there was three wasn't there there was three For down sure. the, river. the third guy that died the third guy that died on the river <laughs> two people died on a raft the third guy was like i got rope from walmart i'll be better off than those guys like these people weren't thinking they just thought <laughs> money right like uh, I feel bad for all the people that went out looking and wasted a lot of some people moved closer to there to like live near where the treasure would be like people uprooted their lives. Man. I don't think that had anything to do with money. I think that probably just had something to do with purpose. You know, people, sure. especially yeah. like, you know, post uh, COVID, like, mm. especially we're just looking for purpose yeah you know but even before that i mean the leadership was bad there unemployment was high you know it was just not a good time where there were a lot of people who were facing a lot of instability um i just uh, i feel like the intention of this was for it to never be found 
Well, I, look, which is Rich, a Richard said when it was found, he was disappointed that it was found. Yeah, he was. He really was. And that's that's what uh, people close to him said. Uh, I guarantee he wanted to like when he knew it was finally over, he was going to get himself airlifted to where the treasure was and just lay on top of it like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like like just and then wait for someone not not like uh like just wait for an adventurer to come and find him because that's what he thought was but i mean like he, he was full of shit in a lot of ways like if you have 50 dollars in your bank account and die you've wasted your life yeah dude you died with like millions of dollars mm. shut the fuck up you know what i mean like yeah no it's hypocritical so like a- oh you find my treasure but sell it to the people that i already know want to buy these items from me like instead of me yeah. just selling it sell it yourself or donate it you don't fucking need the money anyway yeah like <sighs> give it back to the rightful owners you fucker that's my second uh, actual like ethical question is like should he have just even given back all this shit and all the stuff he had if he had this like high hopes of being this uh i spent all my money you had your adventures man you're 90 years old just return everything mm-hmm. you got now just do Absolutely. it just end it but it's but it's a merit but it's one of those things where it's his he owns it does he should he have to give it up he likes it he wants to have it should he have to do it? Oh, he shouldn't have to, but that's the thing. The choice, the choice was there. <laughs> I feel like a like a legacy is like you could give you could like give away all your wealth, donate all. Your- well, his his kids got all his money really, um, except for the sure. the gold coin, right? He's got the two kids, and they still run the the art gallery and stuff like that. So uh, they're still involved in that way, I guess. But I don't know. They're they're kind of quiet. They stayed out of the media after he yeah. died. None of them really wanted to talk too much to anyone and just figure out these lawsuits. I don't blame either, him. You know? I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad was crazy. Leave me alone. This was sad for a lot of people. Like, I'm sure a lot of people yeah. had fun, but this is sad for a lot of people. Even even like the people who didn't die or didn't know anybody who died or anything like that. Like they overestimated themselves, right? I'm hoping it didn't change Stuif's uh, trajectory like I hope he's still an amazing doctor and still pursued that and didn't just go okay now I have enough money I don't need to be a doctor mm. even though we we need doctors here <laughs> was he a doctor or was he a medical student he was in med a med school student, yeah and how the fuck did he have the time yeah Jesus. yeah he didn't he probably <laughs> he probably didn't and he probably sat there and wasted weight he probably wasn't doing well in school I don't know this is the thing yeah I which talk makes to it sound fake to me right? it makes it sound like somebody who's never actually who's always been really talented, who never actually had to really work hard at something, you know? Like, I'm not saying he didn't work hard. I'm just saying that he was really talented and it probably came easy to him. But this sounds like somebody describing the kind of person that people would root for. You know what I mean? A medical Mm -hmm. student does not have time to go climbing through the wilderness and you won't tell us where he fucking found it. So... uh, this is this is one of the big things on the... With the Fenheads. It's not... They didn't... He never hit it. This is bullshit. He got, I, I think like it was, I want it to be real. So I, I, I kind of find this like interesting, like it's like a, you don't see this kind of stuff. Like people go out into the wilderness, like Indiana Jones style, you know, I like that about it, but it, there's also a part of me that thinks like he probably hit it and then gotten shit from the cops and like, just said, fuck it. I'm, it's done. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe he didn't even give it away. Maybe he like, they just set it up and took some photos of him being like, here's the chest and here's what's in it. And then he just like for paid, sure. paid the guy $5 million and was just like, here you go. He's 5 million. Thanks for your help. I'll pay off all your student loans. Yeah. I'll give yeah, you exactly. Some... Here's med school covered. Here yeah. You go. I'll give you some right. money. So you're, yeah. you, you're good for the rest of thanks for being a part of my, um, 
of, of my like cover for him. Yeah. Yeah. And it falls into line with, with him being like, sell it to the guy I know. Right. So it means like he probably just sold it to that. He could have just sold it to that guy. This is infuriating. And I didn't even look for the treasure. This is infuriating to me that the, <laughs> that there's no accountability to at least tell them you were close or you weren't close to yeah. give them at least some sort of peace of mind. Like he, he could at least make up a spot. Uh, yeah, I didn't really put in the script, but he did. Uh, he was watching the forums and he did say like two people had come real close. He did. He did like oh, he didn't say who he made. Yeah, a real no, that's also shirking complete accountability for everything. Yeah. Just tell us yeah. exactly where it was found. It is I that agree. simple. It was here hidden the whole time, because then guess what? You've now completely legitimized it because everyone will either they'll come out and they'll say, no, I was there. If you got nothing to fear, just tell us where it fucking was. Yeah, that's uh, 100% true. I didn't even think of it that way. Where like, if he doesn't say where it is, then he they can't be proven wrong, right? He can't be he can't be proven a liar that he never put it out. Well, so it's like that's... it's like we are not going to release the name right away, which gives you time to say, okay, stop looking, while we figure out how we're going to stage this. No, he didn't say we're not going to give it out right away. It's when he died, he had to, like the state had to release the name. They were never going to say Yeah, but it. he would have known that. He's not, an, he's not a stupid guy. He would have known that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel bad for everybody who took part in this. Ew. Well, you got to take solace in one thing, guys. One thing we can take that's positive in this, and I know every, each and every one of you guys are going to agree. There is a very pissed off John Wayne Bob out there, and I don't give a <laughs> fuck. I'm happy he's mad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, he unleashes his rage. Imagine if he found it. Jesus Christ. Having his goddamn dick cut off. <laughs> yeah, imagine he found it. That would have been fucking, uh, that would have been actually hilarious. Yeah. The media would have jumped all over that. I would root for John Wayne Bobbitt before I would root for Forrest Fenn. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at right now. Because Bobbitt would, <laughs> Bobbitt would tell everyone everything. He would like make a mini, he'd make a mini series out of it. He'd make a series out of it. He'd write a book. He'd he'd you know sell the movie rights. He would <laughs> make just... a porn parody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fen's treasure, my mangled dick. Uh, <laughs> just puts his dick in a box. Dick in a box. <laughs> There's, there's actually a documentary out there about this. Uh, I forgot what it's called. I didn't watch it or anything. I read enough. Fen's Box. <laughs> but, yeah, Fen's Box. I hope it's called Fen's Box. I think it's actually <laughs> called Thrill of the Chase or something stupid like this fucking uh, book. But it seems interesting. I saw clips and so I, I don't know. I, I'm probably going to move into it at some point. It just, I had enough Forrest Fen. I, I read enough. I was through it. Uh, which I, here's another thing I didn't put in the script, but it's kind of fun. What, the guy who wrote the article about Forrest, uh, the Jack Stiff, like when he was the one who released the name, mm-hmm. uh, he actually was a Fen head for a while and he got scared and he, he was a, a he wrote it for Rolling Stone, I believe. And he was scared uh, after people started to die. So he had to like get out, but he was like so entrapped in the whole thing. And then when the guy found it, he wrote this big, long, like really wicked article. It'll be in the show notes too. But uh, I just like how like it got into lots of people. Right. Mm-hmm. So is it all bad? Like people, lots of people loved it. The guy said he loved it until people started to die. And then he was scared. But like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's all bad. I don't. I think it's kind of fun. I think it's kind of fun overall, honestly. Yeah. Until people started to die is like yeah. a very, very important point, though. Yeah. 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 that's the un- unfortunate part. No, for sure. For sure. About as far as it goes. And I don't like his, <laughs> like his title of his poem is a pretty lateral 
shift to Donald Trump's book that's called The Art of the Deal. Oh. Yeah, thrill, thrill of the chase, the art of the deal. Yeah, it's pretty. Excuse me. I had to make that parallel. <laughs> For sure. It's, it beats together, actually. It's kind of weird. I don't like it. Yeah, to your to your point though, Celeste, like I don't hate cars because cars started killing people. Like, you know what I mean? Like people, it was dumb people who went and died. I don't, I'm not I'm sorry that they died and I feel bad, but like these people should have been way better prepared and knew what they were doing before they went out and did what they did. Uh, but like things, people, I can't hate the chase or I'm going to call it the chase now. Cause that's really like, I can't hate the treasure hunt uh, because a couple people died in it. it. People die all the time of shit all the time and i can't start hating i find it fun still even after the deaths it's sad that people died. i don't hate it because people died that doesn't bother me yeah like i mean it sucks that people died but people die yeah. doing all people die with no incentive mm. it, this is just people die it's what they do yeah <laughs> but i hate i hate that he at no point just finished the story for anyone yeah this is so unfair yeah. But that's a, that's an that's a narcissist that is a narcissist lost active power to drop dead without telling people that's what like serial killers do it like in they they die in jail and they just yeah. they hold on to those last little bits of nugget of information because yeah where the body know, is buried yeah because yeah. they know it's their last act of power they're just like nah nah. And they know they're going to do exactly this to you, make you feel like this, make you go, ah, give you the end of the story. But at least you, you know will. that the they body that. is out there. <laughs> and not always, yeah. but at least you know that the body is out there. If someone's blood is all over their apartment and their fingerprints are all over the murder weapon, you know there is a body and it is out there <laughs> and that it's their fault, it's there. But with this, was it ever there in the first place? Where was it? Were they moving it? Like he said, he's watching the forums. Maybe he moved it all the time. He could have been. He could have been. Uh, honestly, this guy, I wouldn't put it past him because he was so wacky and he loved this shit. He loved he loved this chase. Like this was his crowning achievement, you know. And uh, he could have been fucking with everyone for sure. I, I don't. I don't disagree. And that's kind of sad. Uh, maybe if I can keep pushing Jack, I can get an interview out of him, and then we'll all ask him. Like, dude, did you actually find? Like, oh, I'll you're not gonna talk fuck to some guy. With you're not gonna talk. Who knows? You're not gonna who knows? deactivated his twitter <laughs> cool. i really like celeste's theory <laughs> i think he did hide it and took it back that's what i kind of think now now that i'm thinking about it more i think he he got he didn't really realize that people were gonna fucking die because the people are dumb and then just went fuck this and then went took it back and said I'm, I'm not doing this yeah i got shot out of the sky twice and i didn't die you bunch of pussies yeah i ain't selfish <laughs> <laughs> No, fuck this guy. I'm I'm actually I'm actually I think he's cool. I do. I, I'm not saying fuck this guy in this one. I say fuck this guy in most of them. This guy I think he's kinda cool. I kinda think I kinda like it. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Head on over to our Facebook and Instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical. Just search Unethical Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can get access to all of our super awesome content, uncut videos of our discussions, and early release of all the episodes. We are adding fun stuff all the time, so you should definitely come and check it out. Thanks again. We appreciate all of you.
Gotta catch them all.